Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by Twin Sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Just in case your friends ask. Systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back. It's Systematic Podcast. The show about politics, pop culture, and sisterhood. It's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is season two, episode four. It's been a little minute since we put our last episode out. So we're here to check in with you all. Just like everyone else, our lives have been impacted by this global pandemic that we are currently living through. A lot of our friends and family have contracted the virus, COVID-19, especially during this This second wave that's currently hitting Chicago. It's really tough. Yeah. Meanwhile, Alexis has been trying to finish her master's degree completely online. Yes, it is not fun. Um, It's kind of like you, since we're working from our house now, it's like you're kind of like working 24-7. Like you end up just being on the computer all day and all night. Like Mm -hmm. it's not good for mental health. Like it's... Right. Not to mention that she goes to uh, U Chicago, which is not a cheap school, and they're not discounting the tuition at all. Um, so right. That's... So it's financial stress. It's not not great. But um, yeah, no, everyone is going through a really tough time with this pandemic. Uh, Sam has also been having um, to navigate the difficulty of being an artist and being a freelancer and op- and operating your business during a pandemic as well. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of uh, creatives and artists, we've all had to find ways to pivot and figure figure that out um what that looks like during this pandemic so we've been doing a lot behind the scenes as well we actually are in the final phases of a pretty significant grant application that we've been working on right it would be really helpful for us to be able to um, continue doing this work and producing even more high quality content and and documenting the stories of women and people that we admire in a more effective way too yeah so that would be really helpful definitely send us your good vibes positive vibes um we hope that that comes through so we can continue to make even better content for you all we've also been doing some work on our social media putting together resources for you all around the election um trying to you know get people um engaged and get the vote out uh so we're here to catch you up on all of that so let's get right to it we also have a really great guest on this episode an amazing artist liz ortiz i really want to thank liz for just taking the time to sit down with us and opening up a little bit about their artwork and about mental health and really excited for you all to hear that conversation so we will get to that interview in just a moment but first let's start with politics there has been a lot going on that's an understatement yes um this 2020 has been an incredibly historic year joe biden has won the 2020 presidential election and trump's goofy evil racist wannabe dictator ass lost um so it's lit yeah even though he's delusional and is two weeks later today still on twitter talking about he won and like he literally is living in a different reality uh yes it's very on point for 2020 to be ending with this crazy person trying to gaslight the country into thinking that he won an election that he clearly lost it's very the world is upside down but regardless of what he says he lost and we will be transitioning to uh biden administration where he'll be inaugurated on january 20th um so it's just a matter of days but trump's reluctance to concede his loss and um help biden's administration transition does pose great harm and risk to the country i mean mm-hmm. covid cases are spiking all across the country trump's administration is doing uh, essentially nothing to help control it they're actually instead trying to rile people up um to protest against 
COVID public health measures that some states are trying to impose. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's crucial right now that Biden's administration be able to get all of the information and briefings that they need to hit the ground running on day one in order to address and control this pandemic. So, of course, uh, this man would leave office um, in disgrace and try and tear everything down with him. Um, Right. And that's where we are. Literally, they do not give a fuck if people live or die. And, I mean, Biden, they're, like, putting their... They're putting their team together, and they're still... They're working on it. But, yeah, it's really fucked up that the Trump administration is doing everything to just, like delay and make shit hard for them so on the bright side there's actually been news within the past few days uh, today that a second vaccine is proving to be highly effective right um moderna it's, a, it's like at least like 94 percent effective right um, there's a pfizer vaccine and a moderna vaccine those are just two big pharmaceutical companies that um have been doing trials so it's very likely that we will have a vaccine that is gonna be start to be distributed by the end of the year if not the beginning of 2021 um so we are optimistic and it's still gonna take time to get this vaccine distributed there's a bunch of issues but there is going to be a light at the end of this tunnel Um, this isn't going to be forever um so in the meantime yeah we're going to continue to uh do what we can right oh another topic about the election that i really wanted to touch on was um the like this whole conversation around like latinx voters like quote unquote the lot quote unquote the latinx vote the latino vote hispanic vote however people are referring to it which is essentially a myth because there's no way to um group all latinx populations into just one category where you can predict um right they're not a monolithic group there's so many factors that go into affecting the way um these different cultures may vote and why right from depends on um yeah nationality um geography class Mm -hmm. race religion Mm -hmm. yeah so there's was just all this controversy we know that um latinx populations in places like texas and florida vote very differently than latinx populations in places like chicago or los angeles so we feel that there is a misrepresentation when we talk about the latinx vote in places like florida where there is certain um latinx communities which will vote a majority for republican mm-hmm. um and in this case trump which is pretty much voting against your own interests um considering he from day one has denigrated the latinx community right but overall still when you look at the broader picture and you try to put us in one group over 70 percent of latinx people in the country um voted democrat and latinx communities were extremely pivotal in flipping some long long time red states and making them blue right um, and a lot of that can be attributed to young latinx voters right there's and, a huge turnout of young latinx voters yes and um community organizing amongst um latinx communities um community organizers that really have been the hero of this election across the country from states like yeah arizona nevada to georgia organizers have really been the one turning out to vote helping to flip these states and ultimately helping us get rid of this just vile and cruel man that has been unfortunately leading the country these past four years Mm -hmm. um but yeah so when it comes to the latinx vote there's nuance to it you gotta um look at the layers and think about what you mean and who you're referring to with specificity when you're talking about latinx voters so that's i think all we're gonna touch on for now um there is just endless political drama and scandal happening right now um it's a bit hard to keep up with um so i'm sure we will not have a shortage of topics to cover in our next episode if you're confused about any of this stuff happening if you're confused about things that the president or republican leadership is saying online or in the news feel free to hit us up and we'll help you dispel any fake news dope so let's jump right into pop culture sam so right off the top i wanted to start by just highlighting some really amazing women um, musical artists 
uh, here from Chicago. Actually, all three of them are former guests of ours because we have such great talented guests. They all have been putting out like new music and new content recently and I just wanted to like bring a spotlight to their to their work the work that they continue to do starting with tatiana hazel she is putting out a music video this week on the 19th for her song sex appeal that we will feature in this episode um the visuals go so crazy um one of our, my other friends cj aslan did like the art direction on the video so just like some really amazing women that are like putting in the work and like creating really great music and i'm so excited to watch tati is the next oh my god yeah she's the next pop star for sure don't sleep on her she definitely about to take over so talented and uh we love to see it uh next i wanted to shout out bella boz who we just had on our last episode of the podcast a really amazing talented uh, woman doing a lot of really great work here in the city she just came out with a freestyle alongside Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa. It's a part of a project called Forum Fridays where they curate ciphers um, specifically to raise money for a black theater here in Bronzeville, Chicago called The Forum. Yeah, so Bella's verse goes crazy. Her freestyle, uh, she really holds her own. She ate them up. <laughs> um, go check it out. It's, it's on. definitely worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. She killing it. I mean, always, but it's on Instagram. You can peep it on Chance's page or um, on the forums page as well. We will reshare the video on our story on our Instagram this week as well, and we'll play a little clip right here before the interview. Last but not least, John Doe just put out a deluxe version of her project called Watch This, and she also put out a new video recently called The Recipe, which goes super crazy. She always outdoes herself with the visuals, honestly, and the project is just nothing but bars. Um, all three of these women are so talented and we are proud to call them our friends and we just really want to continue to uplift their work because um, it's really important and it's a pandemic and artists need support. So speaking of the pandemic again, Sam, I know you wanted to touch on a kind of controversial topic that a lot of people have been sharing their opinions on lately. Right. Yeah, I want to talk about OnlyFans. If you are not familiar with OnlyFans, it's a social media platform that essentially allows content creators to monetize their content um, in the form of a subscription. So <clears throat> basically, uh, a lot of this content is sexual in nature, but not necessarily, and it's two varying degrees. Um, but a lot of uh, women and, and other men and others as well have um basically been using it to like sell like sexy photos sometimes like nudes sometimes um you know some is, is more explicit than others but the person making the content can kind of choose like what they're comfortable with and they can also choose how much they charge their subscribers per month yeah so OnlyFans has gotten in the news a lot since this pandemic and quarantine started essentially a lot of people became unemployed and lost their way of making an income people are working from home and OnlyFans is a really easy thing to do from home it's a way to create another alternative stream of income mm -hmm. the platform has become increasingly popular following celebrities like cardi b bella thorne and chris brown making accounts um, and this has really brought a lot of attention to the larger debate uh surrounding se sex work and the normalization and legalization of sex work right on the one hand, there's a lot of people saying how OnlyFans is really great for sex workers um, because it you know, gives them more power uh, to work for themselves and create custom content. They don't have to um, you know, work for the, the porn industry or- Which is historically exploitative. Right. And um, you know, it gives them you know, the ability to work safely out of their home, especially during a pandemic, they have an opportunity to, you know, create income in a safer way. On the other hand, there's been a lot of conversations about how the site actually can be somewhat harmful to sex workers in the way that it is really oversaturating um, the field. The market. 
Yeah, because now everyone, uh, you know, anyone can do it, anyone can participate, and um, it's just oversaturating it in a way that, like, people who are doing it who might not have as great of a need. Like, a lot of sex workers are on the site um, because it's not safe anymore to, you know, maybe interact in the ways that they were before, and this is really their only means of income, whereas other people might be doing it just, like, for fun or because they can to try and, like, make, make some extra, extra money, money on the side rather than, yeah, people yeah, focusing like, on the workers that are actually doing it, yeah, because, as a livelihood. Right. So... There's a lot more to it, and, you know, I feel like this could be a lot greater of a conversation in general. The hypercriminalization of sex workers um, has been, you know, has a really long history. Right. Criminalization and the legalization of sex work in this country is a racial justice issue um, that it, it disproportionately affects women of color. So, right. um, and also queer and trans women totally of course um so we can definitely continue this conversation right and um i i'm really curious to know what your thought thoughts are um, on this topic and any of the other topics that we have touched on um in this episode you know where to find us hit our dms hit our email um and if there's any topics you guys want us to bring up on the next episode you know we love to hear from you with that being said we're going to transition to our featured guest interview with liz ortiz and please enjoy this interlude which is a clip from bella ball's form fridays freestyle also go donate to the forum Yes. Yeah, yeah, they fuck with me for that. I convert it like a three on the hat. I ain't perfect, pretty close, God snap. I walk out with the arm full of snacks. Look like the club except snap. Look, baby, I'm a pro, not a Mac. Booked overseas, put out West on the map. Let me pivot, shout out, spaz out. I'm the biggest come up hands down without a bootstrap or a handout without a pot to piss in. So look how God's plan panned out. Look how God's plan panned out. Boss. Okay, so we sit in here with the amazing, infamous Liz Ortiz. Woo! <laughs> Hi. Oh my gosh, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are honored by your presence. Oh. <laughs> so we should give like a little intro, right, of Liz. Liz is an amazing illustrator. I was like, you do so many things. <laughs> Animator. Um, just all around amazing creative artist, painter. Um, Anything you want to add, Liz? <laughs> comedian. <laughs> oh, comedian. I don't know. I dabble. I dabble in a lot of different things. And um, I'm primarily an illustrator, though. Yes. That's what pays the bills. Yes. Cha-ching. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, my bad. No, oh, please. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, <clears throat> I'm also doing video. I've been doing video. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know if you saw the music video that I made for Adiela, a.k.a. Sparkle Yeah, Mommy. I did see it. No, I loved it. It was so, so cute. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like the first video where I was like, I really pushed myself and um, <laughs> no, I love made it. a fucking video in my apartment and then added animation in it. It was like killing it, bruh. I was really happy with how Did that video came out. Too? Yeah, yeah. Killed it. Yeah, Killed I edited it. it. But yeah, so Liz is just super multi-talented from Chicago. They are non-binary. Their pronouns are they, them. Yeah, and you don't, not all non-binary people use they, them pronouns, but sure. I do. Yeah, yes. so thank you. So, you're from Chicago. Um, what's the hood you reppin'? Yeah, so I'm from the South Side. My block is in a neighborhood called Chicago Lawn, but I'm really close to like uh, the Inglewood area, Chicago Lawn area, and Gage Park. Mm -hmm. So um, because I'm kind of in the middle, it feels like, like that di whole diameter has been what I feel like is home. Joe, mm -hmm. yeah, you said that your parents moved here to, they met here in Chicago as yeah. well right and they're like 
from that area as well right yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. that's dope yeah Um, before we started recording you were talking a little bit about it you said yeah your mom was born here and your dad you said just like walked across the border like (laughs) well one of the times that he came over yeah but uh he initially came with his father who came here to work and um brought two of his brothers or yeah he brought two of his brothers over too and um the one that was like just one or two years apart from him um they put him in school and he told my dad he had to work instead of going to high school yeah so he got straight to the work lifestyle do you know what kind of work they were doing i'm just curious i'm actually not sure factories or something probably I, I, my dad's always done a lot of construction stuff and he has worked in some factories, but I feel like whenever it was um, like a kind of freelance situation, yeah, yeah. Um, he was doing construction. Totally. I was just curious because I know like a lot of like Puerto Ricans um, came here specifically to work in like steel factories and things like that. So I was oh. just curious. Yeah, I think when our grandpa came here in the 50s, from Puerto Rico, he worked in a diaper factory. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Yes. So I was just curious, but yeah, that area that is like very like Latinx. Like it's a lot of like Mexican families, right? Yeah, yeah. It w- it's like a, a predominantly like black and Mexican neighborhood. Dope. Yeah. Um, my family. It was actually where I grew up is my grandma's house and um she moved there like in the 70s mm-hmm. and that's like around the time that my mom was born too so um they experienced the white flight that happened there um but also like when they moved there um my mom and her brothers like they her well her whole family like they experienced a lot of like racist racist things for sure totally yeah, my mom's told me stories when they were living in Humboldt Park during the time of white flight, and there was an incident where someone, like, threw something on their back porch and set their porch on fire. Um, so messed up. Yeah, they had to, like, my grandfather had to grab her and my aunt, like, run out of the house. That's scary. Yeah. Chicago, especially now too to see how all of these neighborhoods Mm -hmm. like are changing so much it's like really crazy yeah and yo like learning about my family history and how they've experienced chicago here it really puts a lot into perspective for me so like um the high school that i was supposed to go to was gage park high school Mm -hmm. it was like the local neighborhood school and my mom was like no you're going to charter school Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i mean that has its own problems too but um i was looking back and i looked up gage park high school and apparently it was only integrated like in 70 something Mm. so like my mom went to school there or maybe it was 80 something it was it was basically like 15 years before my mom went to gage park it had just gotten integrated integrated. yeah Yeah. so i'm like holy crap like do you think that she didn't have a great time and that's why she didn't want you to go there um it was mostly about like hmm actually i never even thought about it like that (laughs) but yeah i'm actually not sure um i feel like just in general like coming from um different cultures and things like that i feel like a lot of like latino like families like just like try really hard to like make sure that like the younger gener like not necessarily that they know what is right but like they just like want to be like no you're not going to like public school like they just like i don't know oh like want like better yeah 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 like quotation marks like our we can talk about that a little bit if you want to talk about charter schools because i know that is a topic within education that's really yeah we could touch on people have strong opinions on so i'd be interested in hearing what your opinion on your experience is Mm -hmm. but yeah i think in chicago especially the charter school movement has been marketed as a better alternative mm-hmm. especially for like lower and lower middle income families mm-hmm. um who live in neighborhoods where the public neighborhood schools are 
underfunded and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most of all, I think my mom wanted me to go to a different school because of how low in funding mm-hmm. all the schools in the neighborhood were. Um, she was on like the parent council in elementary school, mm-hmm. and um, she was just always upset and <laughs> felt like she had to fight just so we can get what seems like obviously right, right and deserving. That's dope that she was on the council and really involved. Yeah. Um, but so that's kind of the marketing around charter schools. But on the other hand, a lot of my friends who have gone to charter schools, um, the experience I hear often is just like how strict it is. Right. And the right. negative effects of some of the culture within certain charter schools. Yeah. So um, my one of my cousins, my uncle started sending his kids to the school and he would just tell the whole family about how good the school was. Um, apparently that school had started with a lot of money. And um, so they had resources to send their students on um, like field trips every Wednesday. And they were doing all these field studies and like camp, you know, like um, some sort of like working together camp, you know, you know, you have those. Yeah. um, Just so the kids can get to know each other or whatever. Building. Yeah. 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 yeah, Community building. Um, And so my mom was impressed by that. And also they had different kind of lunch, you know, it was like it wasn't like standard public school lunch, like the pizza and the chicken patties. Mm -hmm. They wanted to like embrace a healthy lifestyle. So, you know, all things that are like sound sound really cool. Yeah, and so um, the school was really small, but um, after like a, a year or two, after, no, a year after I got there, my freshman year was really like kind of painted the picture that I was fed or whatever. Um, and then the principal left. And after that, we had got we got four principals in the time that I was there. It was wow. about four different people. And some of them were really strict. It really felt like you know, um, the community that you have in, in your school is like a government too. And like yeah. you're living under these rules and whatnot. Um, so it felt like we had to overthrow the government type shit oh <laughs> straight up. Like it's wild. Well, yeah, yo, it was that's, wild. I mean, there, the charter schools in Chicago, regardless of how great the marketing is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's been riddled with scandals and successes Um, but there's been like yeah uh, disciplinary scandals I don't know if I should name the charters but early on they had a huge scandal where they were fining kids for detentions you would get like five dollars Uh-huh. For detention, you would get a detention for everything, for like not having your shoes tied or something. Um, and I had friends that went there and they had to transfer schools because they, they had so many detentions and wow. their parents couldn't pay it. Um, and it turns out that school made over like a million dollars that From year giving kids detention. Um, and so it was a huge scandal. Mm-hmm. There's been things like that and. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I mentioned uh, like a sexual assault, assault scandal with the principal as well. So the grass may not be greener, not to even get into the yeah. political aspects of charter totally. schools. But that, I think, all is a really like interesting background on like you and like a little bit how like you grew up and stuff. Um, I wanted to talk also about your art, of course, mm-hmm. and like how you started drawing or like is it just something that came like really naturally i feel like like we know each other and i feel like i never even like asked you that (laughs) question like that's okay i forgive you no i'm playing (laughs) um you've gotten to know me who as who i am right now and that's a lot different than who i who i've been in my past (laughs) yeah but i've always liked to draw um there's a picture of me like drawing on in a magazine the magazine's like upside down i'm drawing with like my left hand like all over the page and it's funny because when i first started learning how to write i would write every single letter like backwards mm. and instead of writing from right to left i would write from left to right totally. and <laughs> the, the doctor was like oh yeah dyslexic <laughs> yeah so it was just like uh okay cool um but I always like to draw um, 
my parents would draw with me sometimes. I remember in fourth grade, I had this like self-portrait drawing that I had to make and I always would put like a lot of pressure on myself and so I was taking really long to do it and it was like the night before and <laughs> my mom was like Miha you're not even close <laughs> like, so she helped me she helped me draw myself and we cheated <laughs> Yo, we cheated okay it was probably the, the best first one. time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Was it the best one? I don't know. My mom was pretty good at drawing, though. She. So you would say she like encouraged you to draw. Yeah, like yeah. That. Both of my parents, they they would draw, and I didn't actively ever see my mom draw, but I saw her old sketchbooks, and I was like, damn, sick. And then my dad liked to draw too. Um, so like the biggest, the first thing that I would do was like. Um, I used to draw birds in the backyard and I would just like <laughs> sit out there bird watch and draw um, and then I stopped drawing and I didn't come back to it until I was like where I stuck to it and like was like oh yeah I want to get better at drawing mm -hmm. um, that wasn't until like my senior year of college you know um, when I was like about to graduate with a major that totally. I didn't really want to pursue anymore and I was feeling yeah. lost as hell. You said it was like environmental, right? Like yeah, Earth Society and Environmental Sustainability. Which is important. <laughs> yeah, super important, but I just, I don't know, like, my passion is drawing. And totally. Yeah, I started actually, like, when I started getting serious about it, um, I had to make a sort of commitment. <laughs> So I went on Instagram and I was like, yo, I want to practice drawing. So um, let me let me draw you. I'll do portraits for five dollars. And I got like hella requests. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, OK, like, yeah, this I'm is cool. Breaking it in. Yeah. Yeah. I just made twenty dollars. No. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I got a lot of requests. And it was really fun. And so I was like, well, shit, my value just went up because I value this. I like value myself more now. And then um, I kind of learned like my own worth in a way um, through that. Because yeah. I feel like usually like when you do work for someone, like it's like how many hours you're there putting right. in for them. But it's like how many hours am I like devoting to like get better and mm -hmm. increase my skill and like all that time is also my value like it adds to it you know yeah it's not even like people think it's like oh yeah like well you spend like three hours on it or whatever it's also like yeah so why is it a three hundred dollars right like, what? but it's yeah. like also like your vision and like your creativity and like your skills and your in the years you've spent studying and improving those skills to get to that totally level people be exactly. like oh it only takes you an hour and why is it <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> can you do it yourself then oh my god <laughs> i'm glad no one's told me that <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think that sometimes, though, it's hard for people who, like, aren't artists to, like, understand, um, what really, like, goes into it and, like... Yeah, or maybe they just haven't learned that yet, you know, like, as you ask people and as you, like, make your own work, it's, like, you start to see and appreciate everyone else's time more and value it more. Totally. So, um, I started being, like... $15 for <laughs> the portraits, <laughs> $20, and it just kept going up until all of a sudden I was like, well, I kind of don't want to do this anymore. I'm <laughs> like, I want to draw now, like I definitely want to draw. I felt so like motivated and inspired to draw, but I'm like, not portraits no more, please. <laughs> so I stopped. Well, I know that I've only like recently been a follower of your work, um, but you do a lot of like kind of comic and graphic illustrations now that are really funny and creative and like have so much character and yes there uh, it might be just like a few slides but it's like a whole ass story with emotions yeah they're very expressive and like i really um enjoy the ones that are like really like more personal too to like your experiences and I know that you've been like kind of incorporating some of like your like mental health journey into some of the comics too right mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I kind of use art to just think you mm -hmm. know to think about everything and 
um, as I as I've grown it's been like really helpful to put my energy into and kind of like create something out of um, my feelings and experiences and energy um, so I try to I don't know like I don't want to just um, stick to one thing mm -hmm. because it helps me think you know it's like this is like I am a whole human and <laughs> and I'm lucky that I mean I don't know I feel super grateful that I have drawing as an outlet to yeah. to like feed everything too sounds totally. kind of weird <laughs> no um I think that it like makes sense I think that like art is a really good tool for like processing uh your emotions um so I think that is interesting that you said like you feel grateful to have that because I'm like you're actually right like not everyone like can do that or like use it in that way does that make sense yeah um and I think like Sam was saying you intertwine like what seems to be aspects of your life into your art sometimes and I think you do it in a way that's really open and mm -hmm. honest like yeah you talk about things that are personal to you mm -hmm. um and a lot of artists might shy away from doing that mm -hmm. um so I think it's really cool that you're like so authentic in your art and people who don't know you can get a sense of like your humor and who you are yeah um when I wanted to impress other people like when I first started posting my drawings every day mm -hmm. um I kind of got lost in in like well what are they gonna like and right. you know that's also like the effects of social media and the pressures from like Instagram mm -hmm. um but like Instagram kind of started like Instagram kind of started my art career in a way you know that's, that's where I get all my work damn near yeah. and so I was lost and I'm like oh shit like let me take a step back because I'm trying to impress other people like what right. that was never that was never the plan so um, after that I started like making making work that reflected my thoughts and my life and just whatever I was going through um, and then that's when maybe I don't get the most likes on something but I get like genuine interactions with people and people will DM me and we'll like have little conversations about the topics of my art and and that makes it totally worth it for me and so much fun like that's the yeah. whole point to know people and yeah for really people to be yeah like be able to really definitely. connect with you yes. do you think that you've learned um like more about yourself or more about the process of sharing especially about like opening up about mental health do you think you've found better ways to get your message across over time yeah so I think that my favorite way to to go about it is through comics especially when it comes to mental health because you can really um, connect and just be honest with what it looks like because it's hard to say like oh I felt depressed yesterday mm -hmm. but when you see like show someone like yeah this is me depressed yesterday right. <laughs> and then people might be like oh shit yeah I think yep I, yeah. I think I'm feeling depressed right now <laughs> or something like that I can relate to the image yeah, so. yeah. Um, no, I think that that is, like, really important, um, especially because, like, for so long, there's just been such a stigma around um, mental health issues and, like, like depression and things like that. Um, and it's, like, even now still, like, I feel like a lot of, like, our peers, if I, like, tell people, like, I'm going to therapy or something, like not everyone but like some people might be like why like are you okay or like think that it's like weird or something um do you feel that way or no I've never had anyone ask why or express that they thought it was weird to me um I think a lot of my friends and people I know go to therapy which is been I, a great trend I agree I think that more people are going but I still and like I think a lot more people are starting to talk about it but um sometimes I do still encounter people that like um yeah or like I guess like a little bit more like old school or uh, obviously especially yeah, with like I, older generations too. I think it depends really um like 
members of my family have been like, oh, I don't need that. And it's like, uh, we grew up together, yo. Like, I think you do. <laughs> like, right. if I need it. And honestly, like, the truth is that a lot of people, if not everyone, can benefit from I therapy. I think everyone can benefit. Well, Beyonce, Beyonce and Solange grew up in therapy because Beyonce was an artist for so long, um, since she was a kid. And her mom was worried about them being able to, like, process that. Mm -hmm. Um so she had both of them in therapy from a young age to help so even Beyonce goes in therapy yeah, yeah exactly. and that's awesome that her parents like were cognizant of that because a lot of parents like they try their best but um there might be a thing where because it's there's some taboos associated with um like mental health Mm -hmm. Especially in like Mexican families, right. um, it's a lot of like, nah, like you're just being lazy or like, right. you know, like it's you're ungrateful or, or something. something. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a lot of that in like the Latinx community, like as a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, like encouraging me to figure out different ways to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, if there's one thing that I like to do is like re-explain things that I understand to other people especially like if it's a family member I'll show them an example of what the thing I'm talking about looks like mm -hmm. and I'll be like okay imagine you and Tia or like you and Tio or you know and and then I'll, I'll like set up a whole situation my anxiety has helped me become a better storyteller <laughs> I'm always lying to myself oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll think of different um, forms and ways and stories to tell people yeah. so that they can relate to what I'm saying and then they're like oh damn I was being selfish like yeah or that's whatever real. no definitely um yeah my parents like don't know that I like have gone to therapy um, oh snap that, like I feel like they would be like I mean my parents know but they never like engage or like, like ask or yeah it doesn't seem like they're like it seems like they don't want to engage with the subject so they know that you go but not that you yeah oh, okay i've never mentioned it to them i'm not in therapy right now i was earlier this year and i need to find a new therapist but i just i'm trying to dump my therapist oh yeah 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 it'll be my second dump <laughs> have you been seeing them for a while <laughs> that sounds so funny like it's like a yeah yeah i've been seeing her since <laughs> february ish and or man damn maybe no yeah i think it's been like since february ish and um it was going well at first but i think that you know i've i've received everything that i can get and kind of want to move on to someone else um also she don't even take notes like come on now <laughs> you need to be taking notes oh take notes? um i think sometimes it may depend on the style that they were trained in because mm -hmm. i had a ther the first therapist that i went to i don't think she really ever took notes she was just so attentive mm -hmm. and i have a feeling she was writing notes i think their process was like to oh, notes right after, after right after the session yeah oh well we have other issues too <laughs> yeah i think we also don't really understand each other to the like have similar values um yeah, like for example we like yeah yeah she's super like i don't know it. she's super oh she has some some like subconscious biases she says that she doesn't but i'm like yo yes you do because <laughs> um, i told her i was like um i told her that i i think that weed is sacred you know it's helped me so much and the way that i use it, it helps me you know like i open up better i'm able to like curb my anxiety and i can have some really really deep conversations and connect with people in ways that I wouldn't necessarily do you know um but yeah the other day she was like so do you um how did she say like she was asking like if you use it to escape or something right yeah so she's like when you, when you, when you do weed like you know you do it so that you can like uh drug yourself so that you don't have to deal with your problems and yes. I don't know what oh and God. I was like what when did I say that like I've never said that and she's like so then when do you take it 
like, oh what is the situation that you'd be like, I'm is gonna, I'm gonna smoke. No, she's not even old. She's like 30 something, probably, oh, or 40. Wow. Yeah, sounds like you need someone that can understand you. Yeah, because I don't even smoke all the time, you know, like, totally. it's like, I'm going on a, ooh, I'm gonna go on a walk with my friends, I'm, or I'm gonna go on a walk. And you're like, perfectly functioning. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just a weird misconception to have about weed use. I had a cousin who used to make comments like that about me when I was y younger, like a teenager. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's waiting weed to yeah. like actual drug abuse. Mm. Yeah, my uh, therapist, she had said like, so you sedate yourself with weed or she said something along those lines yeah but no weed isn't necessarily it's like you're having a beer or a glass of wine like it's chilling. a plant it's natural yeah my it cousin that used to make comments like that is actually a bud tender now and, and works at a dispensary <gasps> <laughs> the biggest pothead now <laughs> you see he he learned from his mistakes <laughs> right um yes yeah, so i'm sure you can find someone better i need to find a new therapist also. i feel like that's a whole podcast episode yo yes it is but i've learned a lot of coping skills and i kind of feel like i can take on the world without a therapist <laughs> low-key that's that's good i think that's the point right they're supposed yeah. to help leave the you nest. not eat them yeah mm -hmm. yeah i just think that not even like needing one i think it's just like good and healthy to have like someone to talk to um extra support yeah just extra support and like yeah especially if you're like going through a hard time or something and like sometimes it's hard like not wanting to like unload on like your friends or your family or things like that so i think it's good to have someone that's like that's your job yeah um, true. but it's so fucked up how like un Accessible. accessible and unaffordable it is like it's literally so difficult to get mental health care it's like fucked up yeah my <laughs> mental <laughs> I, I go to therapy for free i have medical the medical card so yeah nice. medicaid and i always get confused like is it medical card or medicaid mm -hmm. you know i they're so close but yeah, anyway sure uh, i have insurance too but i think there's still like a copay yeah it's expensive our insurance doesn't really cover much um so i go to a center that offers sliding scale mm -hmm. which is great but like if you're a person of color or a black or indigenous person and you want to find someone with a relatable identity and you need like an affordable option or you don't have insurance like it can be so hard to find yeah, yeah. And going yeah. through therapists the way I'm going through therapists, you know, like, totally. especially like, um, I feel like my therapist doesn't really understand like queer, mm. I like ideas behind like queer and like gender. Sure. There's just so many different things that, that, that like really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I feel like I can't really express to her how I'm feeling because we don't. Like she doesn't really understand what I'm talking about. Right. Well, I wish you luck on your on your breakup. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, in your breakup. search for a better yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah thank you. I need to figure it out too. Mm -hmm. So, what's what are you working on now, or like what's new? You got any like moves or like things on the agenda, mm -hmm. or like just goals or things you want to work towards so. yeah so i'm working on a lot of different projects right now always um, busy true busy. yo i said i was gonna like stop taking gigs i said the same <laughs> thing <laughs> but then there's always something that comes up that's kind of cool and i'm like well shit yeah i'm down but it is also so awesome when i turn down a gig and then that other gig comes and it's like yo when i need gigs i should take this approach like <laughs> you know because sometimes i'm like oh, i don't really want to do like that illustration but right well i need the money right yeah so right now i'm like i guess you know what this is an abundant time <laughs> yeah no it's um, amazing to be able to like support yourself through yeah. your work yeah abundant regarding that for sure um because i have a lot of gigs and i'm super grateful for that mm -hmm. um but one of them is like a design i'm working on like a sketch 
might be for like some sort of sauce or something <laughs> um and then i'm also working on some uh graphics for this video game it's gonna be like not it's not graphic like moving around but there's images on there that pop up it's like a trivia game um and then I'm also working on a couple animations, um, an animated video, and like a short animated preview for a video, <laughs> something like awesome. that. Yeah, so there's always That's stuff cool. that I'm working on, but Sounds there's really fun. Yeah, yeah, it is really fun. Um, but there's also stuff that I want to work on just like outside of that too. So, um, which is kind of hard to juggle at times. More like personal work, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm working on a couple illustrations and like writing some stories, um, but also going through a pandemic and like a lot of personal like issues that are coming up. Yeah, and so trying to juggle all of that is makes it really hard for things to get done. We know how it goes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I feel you. Yeah. Um, do you, is there a goal like in five years, like some type of artistic project that you would really like to do, like a big thing, like maybe an animated short or a book or like Yeah, I would definitely, if I don't, if in five years I don't have at least one book, right? (laughs) You know, like uh, my, my highest self is like, you could have way more books than one right. in that time, Definitely. you know, if you just Five buckle down. Do <laughs> yeah. Um, five but, books. Yeah, I, I hope I have a couple books in, in five years. Um, I'm trying to now, like, put more focus on my zines, and that's why I want to focus on the stories that I'm that I'm writing and, like, the illustrations that I'm making for that. Um, yeah, because... It's, it's about time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I also love to like sing low key and like yeah. make music <laughs> with my partner. Like, we'll just uh, make music together. Uh, I'm kind of shy though, so it's like the process to break that fear threshold to just like freestyle, just let it flow, like just to sing. I'm like, God damn it, like I could do it. And when I break through, I, I get a lot done. And so I have a couple songs right now that I'm like, Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. So I'm lit, Loki. No. You should send it that's to us. That's how me and Sam feel about our podcast intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, the the goal doesn't have to be to, like, I'm, I want to be a pop star or something like that. But just pursue your interests. I mean, totally. you know, your passions. Yeah. No, that sounds really fun. And I'm always, like, so inspired by your work all the time. Like, I draw a little bit too Ooh, but, show me. <laughs> but you just be going like so crazy and it makes me like want to draw more and be better and stuff all the time and like yeah your animations are really dope too i'm like i want to try some animation yeah yo try it <laughs> um i i do a lot of personal research um yeah i started <laughs> when i started like my mental health journey and like all like my spiritual journey and like finding myself um, I started doing a lot of research and I would just like spend hours just reading and looking up videos and breakdowns and sometimes I would be like damn I was just on my computer all day today like what the heck mm-hmm. um, I need to go outside and then I look back I'm like hold on what am I looking at though I'm doing research this mm-hmm. is making me better I'm like learning more about myself and understanding how people work how the world works and there's so much information yeah i was like this is my personal research yeah it's really important i'm here for it yeah and one of my personal research researches research Mm -hmm. projects (laughs) is um cartoons i watch so many so many cartoons i was just gonna ask like what's your favorite cartoons to watch i really liked steven universe um that show is awesome like the characters and the story behind it and the character development like wow like goals you know I would love to make a story like that especially one that has so many layers so right. like there's like the surface on the surface um it's if you it can connect to like young a young audience mm-hmm. but if you look deeper um they really critically thought about how the story was and what the lessons are and stuck to 
like the 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 truth behind why they made that show yeah yeah so as an adult i'm sitting there i'm crying i'm like (laughs) steven (laughs) um yeah i love cartoons me too do you have any other favorites or that's like the top right now oh i like attack on titan Mm. um a lot so my biggest my biggest like self-critique is that my drawings are so cute sometimes or like just like (laughs) like cute you know and yeah and i'm like i want to make something badass and it's just like like you know i don't know like the colors and the style like what they're wearing yeah like edgy something that i would want that i would say like oh this is badass Mm -hmm. you know like that's my goal so right now i'm like learning how to draw all the time and uh so that's kind of like where i want to move towards yeah (laughs) totally Um, yeah, so Attack on Titan is it's awesome. It's so scary. <laughs> it is. It's so I gory. Saw, like, one episode. It's pretty gory, but the story is awesome, and it just, like, leaves you wondering and wanting more, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. What are those monsters beyond the wall? <laughs> Where do they come from? Are they people it. from the town? Is it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah it's an anime. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching um, Avatar. Oh, Avatar. Oh, don't even get me started. Iroh, my uncle, Iroh. Yes. Oh, he's my hero. I love him. What type of bending would you do if you were in Avatar's universe? Hmm. We got water, air, earth, fire. Those are the basic ones. <laughs> metal bending? About. Yeah, metal. <laughs> well, shit. Let me think. Um, maybe... I don't know they all seem so cool like i would love to do water but i think i might choose air because of their connection to like the spirit world Mm. and everything and i think that that would just be awesome to be able to connect to totally yeah what about you i feel like water is dope but it's a little bit limiting like if you don't got water around you (laughs) true that's a thing like i'm just like y'all gotta carry water on you or else you don't you can't do nothing um i'm like i think earthbending would be dope because like you can also metal bend and they'd be like putting their feet on the ground and like feel the vibrations and shit yeah that's wrong not everyone can metal bend it's a very specialized technique but if if you can't metal bend you might be able to lava bend true true which is sick i would be a blood bender no No. Yeah, you're like, yo, there's not water everywhere, but you could blood you bend. You <laughs> like, but, there's water everywhere. But most mean? people can only blood bend during a full moon. Oh, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be a blood bender. <laughs> okay, so who, what would you be? I like Earth. I feel like wind would be very practical. Air. Like, sorry, air, yeah. Like, if you want to, like close the door when you're in bed oh or like God. open it i Ooh, don't know you're, you're asking the questions you're hot you're walking <laughs> it's a hot day you can like well you could like fly with air too and you could like go underwater because they'd be like making those like air masks and bubbles and shit that's true and this anyway. is also a whole nother podcast episode. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the truth behind but I'm like, yeah, we probably should wrap up in a in a minute. So I'm like, do we have any like last thoughts or anything or last questions we want to fit in, Alexis? I am curious, I guess, like how you feel growing up in Chicago has influenced your art. Well, I know we were talking a lot, a little bit too about. Um, well, there's so many like murals in your community in general, like in like the Pilsen Little Village, like that whole area is like the most colorful part of the city, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know we've been having some discussions about like the recent um, uprisings and like the like there's been so much like so many not murals. social uprisings. This yes, summer. the social uprisings this summer in response to the, I mean as a part the Black Lives Matter movement in response to police murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. And it was really interesting to see, there's so many different ways that people respond, but like one way that uh, people, artists in Chicago were were responding was by like 
painting murals all across the city and like on all of the boarded up businesses um, for the people that are listening if they don't know what I'm talking about. Right, well, it would be like you would drive down the street and so many businesses were boarded up, but it was cool that a lot of them had messages and art on those boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we were like really conflicted, I think, about like the imagery that some people were using to present. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, um, well, let me think. Hmm. Well, I think that when it comes to public art, mm -hmm. artists have a responsibility to really um, address themselves and the work that they're doing and who they're working with. You know, like, um, does my, what is my, mural mean if it's on this business that's contributing to the gentrification of my community right you know, which is the recent um situation that was going down in little village uh, mm -hmm. yesterday the developers of like cafe that was going to open up in little village developers wanted to use the artists as like tokens you know mm -hmm. like oh look my business is cool like i have totally I have like Mexican artists that painted like all these indigenous people on here, but right. it's like, you think even deeper, mm -hmm. you know, like, what does that mean? Like mm -hmm. you're, you're painting indigenous faces mm -hmm. and like to uplift like yourself, your business and a business that will displace. not serve. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, like what? <laughs> Like that contributes so much to the erasure of these people because mm -hmm. I mean there was like a huge and is like a huge um, population of like indigenous people and especially in Little Village there used to be like a lot of danzantes and um, folks have been pushed out you know right. so just like think about who you're supporting and what you're contributing to because if you walk by you might be like oh these are nice and it must be there like must be a someone reason. from the neighborhood yeah. that mm -hmm. owns this business, right? Um, so it camouflages the impact that they're they're having on the community, right? Which can be like super harmful. Um, I think that, yeah, or, like, it, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say that I think that like murals, like they have like a history and um, they have the ability to. Um, uplift a community like if it is like done like correctly and like with like the right intentions but yeah I feel they, like they do have a history though of leading to gentrification as well mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it can go both ways yeah definitely yeah I think that again this is like a greater like a bigger conversation um, to be had but I think that Chicago is really fortunate to have artists like yourself that are like so um authentic and like well-intentioned and like concerned about the well-being of communities yeah and like grounded in your community and things thank like you that. yeah that means a lot to me it's hard to be this person and <laughs> yo like i see you so many people have stopped talking to me you know like I this shit you. is it's hard but it's like you know it pains me to call you out but i have to you know like it's it's my responsibility and like i don't always have the best approach mm -hmm because I'm learning, you know, but I'm trying. And yeah, so thank you. I, I appreciate that you see me. We see you and we love you. And mm -hmm. we're so grateful that you took the time to join us. And yeah, on that note, we're gonna peace out. So peace. thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sing it.
Let's try.